That's right. Always give the hoe the stinger. Tony, don't disrespect the hoe. <laughs> give the hoe. <laughs> Put her first. All right, hold on. I gotta get give the hoe a stinger. Okay, give the hoe. It's holiday season, man. Just give give get with the giving. So good, guys. All right. Well, are we ready, Brian? Always ready, sir. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to the con. I hope everyone's feeling festive because it's that time of year again. It's time for the con men proudly present a holiday spectacular. It is our annual Christmas episode. And yes, you've heard it correctly. Our annual one. And I'm like to go ahead and officially dub us the official podcast of the holidays. No, let's just do the official podcast of Christmas. Let's just do that. Why not? Fine. Fine. We are the Christmas podcast. You know, we know Santa and your official. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> officially, we also should be the uh, the Happy New Year one, too. Right. We yeah. are officially official. All right. <laughs> yes, All right. Does, so yes, you said Santa listens to us and we've got proof. Uh, coming up here in this episode. Spoiler listen, alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Exactly. Forecasting. Yes. <laughs> foreshadowing. Exactly. Forecasting. There's forecasting. Foreshadowing. And we've got a lot for you. So with that, we've, we're going to talk. But no foreplay. <laughs> oh, there's always time for foreplay. <laughs> and with that, uh, we are going to be talking about Hawkeye, the series so far, rolling right into Spider-Man No Way Home, and what we've done to avoid spoilers with that. And then for your listening entertainment, your con men have wrote a poem for you. <laughs> Brian, it's not our con man. It's you wrote it. <laughs> it's you wrote it. It's a beautiful poem. It's a it's beautiful poem. Written, written by our own Brian Inglet. But we'll 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 talk about well, that later. I didn't want to say that, but but thank you for that. And then yes. following that up with uh with our con men holiday food and drinks, uh little little thinking exercise, which will be a lot of fun. Then we're gonna go into also for your listening pleasure. The 12 edits of Conmus. No comments on that, guys? Okay. <laughs> waiting uh, well, for something. <laughs> you no. Know, uh, that, that one's a little... No, not a little. It's a lot rough. So we don't know how it's going to turn out. But uh, it'll be here. For it better be or there. for worse. All right. <laughs> and then, here. of course, we're going to go over some polls, some uh, holiday rendition of Pop Quickies. And then, of course, we're going to uh, serenade you with a little outro. We ready, guys? Yeah. What do we mean serenade with an outro? Oh. <laughs> All Wayne right. We'll okay. fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Merry Christmas, right. Wayne. <laughs> Your president yeah, has you. more edits. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Just keep yeah. giving and giving. Uh, I know. Sorry. Brian's being a total Scrooge. No so way. what do we have up first? What are we going to talk about first, Brian? Let's talk about Hawkeye. Guys, this has been a series on the Disney Plus streaming network, and it um, introduced Kate Bishop to us as Hawkeye's new kind of an apprentice. He didn't really want an apprentice, but she just kind of forced him, herself onto him and says, hey, you're going to train me, and I'm going to be a superhero no matter what. Tony, what are your thoughts on Hawkeye? I, I kind of feel like I'm in Hawkeye's position because this is a show I don't want. 
Kate Bishop really gets on my nerves, and I just I'm 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 enjoying it. I, I you look so shocked, Brian. I am shocked. What? She, she bugs me. The show just bugs me. I think it she's so charming. I like uh, she it. is not charming. She is not charming, Brian. You think that she's charming? I do. But she, she's not. She's not. She's annoying. She's, no way. Yes, I, I I have to say she's annoying. I, I'm keeping up with it because I I I feel like I have to for the show. But this last episode that just passed this week uh, had a really cool ending to it which uh, I think is going to lead us into our next discussion. But so far, Hawkeye has just been meh for me. I, I Again, I really don't care for her all that much. And I, I, I'm sorry, Brian. No. I know. I should surprised. be more into Kate Bishop, but I'm, no. I'm just hey, not. I'm just not. It's your opinion. Own it. I, know, I get it. I but sorry. I am totally opposite. You know, with uh, with Tony's opinion on this one, I really am enjoying the uh, the series. It's right up there with WandaVision for me. Um, it's oh, probably, really? It, it teeters between first and second. You know, on my favorite Marvel. Wow. Yeah, I, I well, Loki's up there too, of course. But um, you know, I I'm enjoying it that much. To me, it's just fun, right? It is just a lot of fun. Here's a a character who doesn't have any superhero powers, kind of like Clint Barton, who is Hawkeye. She wants to be a hero. She has been training, you know, in martial arts and archery and in everything. She just wants it so bad. And finally, um, there's a situation where her favorite Avenger, Hawkeye, like whose favorite Avenger is Hawkeye, but it's hers. You know, she, there's a situation where, you know, she finds herself in where um, he needs to kind of come to her rescue. And she has just literally latched herself to him. And, um, you know, and it all has to do with I know. You know, Endgame and the, the, the Ronin suit. And he's being a hero in protecting her. And, you know, she's taking this as a, I'm going to learn from you as, as all of this. But, you know, she's finding out that being a hero it's it's more difficult than it might seem but i'm just enjoying it especially this last episode which you've kind of alluded to i mean to me that this has been the cherry on top i cannot wait for the finale and you know there's just so much to discuss about the last episode to avoid spoilers for hawkeye skip to 1658 I, I do enjoy seeing in this last episode the conversation between her and Elena, uh, Black Widow's sister. Yes. That was a really great conversation. I felt that that was written beautifully. Um, and then the end, uh, it was kind of, everybody's kind of known. There was been this rumor going around that Kingpin was going to be in this this series, and we didn't know when he was going to show up. They kept alluding to some big guy that they were talking about. Clint, Clint was a few times saying, Oh, I don't want to, I hope the big guy is not involved in this. Well, we come to find out at the end of the episode that Kingpin is now going to be part of Hawkeye. My issue with this right now is I hope, I hope to God they don't tone him down. And this is a Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin. I might add from there Netflix. It is. Yes. There it is. It is from the Netflix. Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin, which means that, Daredevil from Netflix is now part of the MCU official canon, you know, and and everything that that transpired in that series. And that's huge news. I mean, if you guys 
you know, have been following what's officially Marvel, what's not, what are they going to bring in, multiverses, all this and that. You know, there's some things that have been left off the table, some things that have been added to it. This is a big deal. And this is something that that Vincent D'Onofrio has been personally championing. He's been wanting to continue this character. You know, if you've ever checked out his social media, like he's really wanted the the Daredevil series to continue. He loves playing this character. You know, the, the, the cast members all really wanted to keep the story going. And now it looks like we have an opportunity to see more of it. The Netflix series Daredevil was really, really good. I really, I personally recommend it. I mean, it was one of the first Netflix series that I really latched onto and I, I couldn't stop watching it. It was done so well. And now, you know, I have fallen in love with those characters and now to see them back in the MCU kind of continuing their story makes me really excited. Yeah. My, again, my only issue is I hope with Kate Bishop and this whole thing that they're doing, it seems very, um, I don't know, like, teenagerish and to me kingpin is just evil and i do not want them to tone down that character at all he is scary i remember watching the original daredevil series on netflix and thinking to myself this is somebody i never want to fuck with in my entire life i don't even want to be around this guy i don't want to be anywhere near him uh, and he's just so menacing, so um, just so powerful that uh, I I don't know how he's going to fit into this like PG mold. I, that's what's really kind of uh, weird to me on this. But uh, I hope they don't tone him down, and I hope there's going to be some good action sequences here. But again, I, the series is just it's it's meh for me. It's not meant for someone like me, but I, I can understand where younger folks or 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 Brian would would love this series. I just it's just hey, not you my can lump me in with now. the younger folks. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> was that like a, like know, a backhanded compliment right there? Yeah, it no, was. I it didn't totally mean. Was. I didn't. No, I no, I didn't yeah, mean it so like that. Okay. No, no, but I I didn't mean it like that because I know Brian. You love Christmas. You love you love Hawkeye. You this love is... everything that's kind of going on. You love Kingpin. So I I see this being the whole package for you. You even said that you would go see Rogers the musical. I would never <laughs> fucking did. go see Rogers totally the musical. Would. I would never right. see that piece of shit. Oh my It gosh. looks like it looks it looks horrible. I, you show me that that one mm. sequence of Hulk smash, and I'm like. Fuck Holy, this! Come on. Broadway it sucks. You go. A, you suck, Broadway. And I'm not. I'm not going to go see Broadway. Train musical. wreck, and I would absolutely go see it. I, I would but, not. I would not. Anyway, that's the difference between you and I. I but do. anyway, that's my that's my whole concern with this thing, uh, Brian. You're probably more familiar with these characters and where this story might go. But um, do you think they're going to tone it down? Do you think that's uh, a risk that they're they they're going to be playing with through through this whole thing or not? I'm not worried about the characters, and I'll tell you why. You know, for one, well, let me let me just comment a little bit more on Hawkeye, and then I'll go into Kingpin a little bit. But this series is based around the week of Christmas, and Hawkeye's trying to solve this mission or this case. You know, um, to get home for his family for the holidays. You know, he's missed so much time with the family. You know, being not blipped himself. Um, you know, he's missed a lot of time. You know, five five years of time and. You know, and he's essentially retired. 
you know, as a superhero and wants to spend his retirement years with his family and kind of finds himself back into it, you know, protecting somebody because, like I said, that's what heroes do. You know, so this all takes place around the holiday season, which I love because I love the holidays. Um, And then we get the scene with Black Widow's sister and Kate Bishop where she's in her apartment. And it is just such a fun back and forth scene where clearly Kate is worried that this assassin is now in her apartment, but still kind of witty at the same time where you know, Black Widow's sister is really kind of making light of the situation, making box macaroni and cheese, pouring hot sauce all over it, and just saying, like, you know, I'd love to explore or see, you know, the Empire State Building. And then she says, the new Statue of Liberty, which at the time did not know what that meant. But we'll get into that in a second. You know, and the back and forth between her and she's, you know, laughing at some of Kate's jokes. You know, Kate's not really, you know, making jokes, but she's making fun of what Kate's saying. Basically, like, I could have killed you right when you walked into the door. You know, it would have been that easy. You would never have even seen me coming. You know, so, you know, don't don't pretend like you've got the upper hand on me. You know, I may not have any weapons in my hand, but, you know, don't, don't think I'm not a threat. But I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to be your friend. Yo. Okay, so back to the question I asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what so, do you, Kingpin. what do you think? What do you think they're going to do with Kingpin? So, just like anything else, we didn't think that Thanos was a joke. You know, at least I didn't think. You know, or any of the other Marvel villains were jokes, like Vulture um, or Loki or anything. And just because it's not a big rated R movie, I think Thanos. I'm sorry. I said Thanos. Uh, I think Kingpin will still be a <laughs> Same big, difference, right? a big threat, and he's 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 more of a gangster, cunning, you know, and he's just massive in size and strong, and uh, he's very smart, and I think you're going to see that play out um, in whatever future roles the MCU decides to put him in, and I was just really really excited to see him, um, Vincent D'Onofrio, play that character because I just thought that. He played him so well um, in the in the Netflix series, and I've been reading this character because I'm a big fan of Spider-Man, and he's a big Spider-Man villain. I've been reading him for years, so to see him play him so so kind of scary, like like Tony was saying, you know, and and he took the character seriously. Um, I think I think it was fantastic. Plus, I don't think uh, Netflix did anything with him that would have been rated R to start with. You know, they really focused on him being kind of, um, kind of like a mastermind on on how. I mean, yeah, there was that fight scene where he really, you know, beat some people up pretty pretty bad. But you know, that's what superhero movies do—they beat people up. But uh, you know, they that wasn't the part that that really kind of drew me to him. It was the way that you know, like his strategic mind was working. It was always one step ahead of uh, everybody else. He even kind of played the FBI a little bit in uh, season three of. Uh, of Daredevil, but um, uh, I I don't think we're gonna lose any of that. I I really don't, and uh, I'm excited to see where where they bring his character. So when Kingpin, all right, wait, real quick question for you: When Kingpin smashed the guy's head with the door, car door, that was PG, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't actually see blood? Did you? What are you talking? It was hard. It was like the most one of the most violent things I I think I've seen. I don't remember seeing blood on that. I, it's okay. been a while since I've seen it, so maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. But you know what? That doesn't define. Check the yourself character. before you wreck yourself, yourself, Brian. That's what I said. Uh, Check yourself before you wreck yourself. 
So, I mean, all, all in all, Hawkeye is meh for me, um, but I am going to see some similarities into the next thing we're going to be talking about. Brian, overall, what do you think of it so far? Are you you're so excited? It. I love okay, Hawkeye. Love okay. We'll go to the next thing. Awesome. Uh, Oren. Yes. What do you think of it so far? I'm enjoying it. Okay, good. Thank you, Oren. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. I think this is what we needed for Natasha's send-off. It kind of finishes off her legacy a bit. Because uh, yep. I think we never got that, and I still feel like it's out of place in time. Because I still didn't care. I mean, it's like thank you for sharing us now. Makes it makes it her sacrifice seems more important. But I wish that happened before Endgame. But that's just me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Amen. without further ado, uh, this leads into again. This has been a big week. We went back to form with our our, our how we normally do the show. Uh, after the past couple of weeks, we've tried some new things. We're still going to try some new things out today, but I really, this week was just too big not to talk about Hawkeye. First, with that whole huge Vincent D'Onofrio kingpin drop at the end of that episode, which leads us into something that we have to talk about. This is the first time I have been to a movie theater. It was absolutely packed to the gills. I probably have the, uh, the coronavirus somewhere in me because I was in this theater with 300 people for three hours watching Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and I just want to say, uh, if I end up getting COVID for it, uh, give me COVID. Because this was the movie I wanted to see. I was not excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody's shaking their heads. We are I'm not saying the wrong of things. COVID. Everybody I'm not, be safe I'm not, out there, please. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so, I was just joking. It's, it's a joke. But I, to me, this please movie was COVID. that big. Yes. That movie was this that big. And uh, I, I'm not going to steal any thunder because I, I just want to hear what Brian has to say. Brian is our resident uh, Spider-Man fan. Always has been. Always will be. It's, it's one of his top two characters. And... Uh, I just want to, I wish to God I had been with him uh, to watch this movie because when I saw it, I know the effect it had on me and I was, I was hoping that Brian had the same effect, but Brian, what were your thoughts and please just expound. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying, right? I mean, what a great, great movie. You see how puffy my eyes are. I just literally saw it a few hours ago. Um, I welled up several he times. He looked like he was, yeah. He looked like he was sleeping, and uh, now, now we know it was from puffy eyes from crying. <laughs> yeah, Aww. it was great. I mean, it was. There were so many um, moments in this film. I mean, just with with. There's going to be spoilers galore, everybody. So we're not going to hold back. So please, if you don't want to be spoiled, but Tony and I are the gloves are off. We're just going to talk about the film. To avoid spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, skip to 39.50. Waterworks. Let me just tell you, Waterworks, seeing Andrew Garfield first when he comes through, and then Tobey Maguire. I mean, my goodness. I mean, and he looked good. I did not expect him to look that good. But, man, he looked good in this movie. And just the... um, Every scene with all three of them were my favorite scenes. I mean, I just loved it. The back and forth, the the asking questions between each other. Um, I loved it. There were a lot of closing, closure moments for 
um, each one of their story arcs, you know, Andrew Garfield's, uh, Tobey Maguire's, and uh, Tom Holland's. And I just, I, it just, it was so, it, like, it touched my heart. It filled my heart, you know, um, with uh, with so much sincerity and respect that they gave each one of their franchises. And, I mean, it just meant a lot. I mean, the creative team behind this movie did such a good job um, paying equal respect to everybody. This is Tom Holland's film. This is his best um, uh, Spider-Man film, I think. And, you know, I'm excited to see where they're going to take the character from here. But, man, there is... There are some life-changing moments that happen to him in this movie. And I just, you know, the fact that you saw all three Spider-Men on film at the same time working together, you know, working together, and I just I just loved it. It's everything that I wanted. And there were a few things that I that I wish I'd saw in this, but I like was what? not disappointed in this movie. I wanted what to see two wish- things. What? Of course, we said it before. I would love to have seen them um, add Miles Morales to, yeah. to this. Well, they make mention of him. They make mention of him, but that wasn't enough for me. I wanted to no, actually. It wasn't enough for me either. I wanted yeah. to see it. See, and if that is my, Greedy. that is probably my biggest quibble. There was an opportunity no. there. It didn't happen. I've got a quibble, but I'm not disappointed in the film. And um, I would have loved to have seen. Um, Zendaya, you know, uh, her rendition of Mary Jane somehow uh, become like a like a Spider Gwen type character, either through you know being bit by a spider somehow or or whatever. Just I would like to see her character become a hero um, and not just a, a an MJ character. So I think she's important to the franchise. I think I hope she's important going forward. Um, it's kind of up in the air right now, but. I think she's that important to the franchise. I'd love to see her become more of a hero and a little less damsel in distress. So, you know, I think she had the biggest role uh, in this movie than she has in the previous two. And I really enjoy her character. I think she, I, I think that team works really well together. And, uh, um, yeah, so those are the two things that I was hoping to see. Didn't see them, but that does not mean that this is a bad movie. This movie was phenomenal. Yeah, it was it was by far my favorite out of the Tom Holland series. I think it's my second favorite Spider-Man film. Um, really? Yeah, Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse is oh, my okay. number one. Okay. This is going to be number two. Um, and to me, this film worked best, in my opinion, when it was those dialogue scenes. Um, you know, after Aunt May died, right? And, oh, man. Um, that 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 did not really affect me all that much. It you know, really did not I, I affect me. But you know what affected me the most? But what affected me the most was, have you ever been in those type of situations where you wish you could see yourself in the future or know something or or be, or you are at this age right now, you could go back to somebody that was uh, you or yourself at 20 years old and say, you know what? Hey, listen, yes, this is a horrible moment, but you know what? It's going to get better. Things are going to happen because of it. And you're going to be a stronger person because of that. Sometimes you're in this life and you're just doing things because you're just on autopilot and you never stop to think about um, the course of life. And to have those two characters, those two different Spider-Men come in and just 
give him what he needed at that moment, uh, that was that was the scene that brought me to tears. That was it had nothing to do with the Aunt May character. Even though I saw that, I I, I understood the, the the she says the line that we all know from Spider Man. But to me, it was the it was those moments when those three were together, just talking, and those little moments to me were the magic of that film. It made me it made me tear up. It made me reflect on things. It made me think about those bad times that I've been through, and knowing that through all those bad times that you go through, you're going to end up on some kind of hilltop tower or a hilltop hour, and you're going to look back at it and go, "That is why I went through what I needed to." It, to me, this this whole trilogy has been his origin story. It is not one film. It is three films that is now encompassed Spider-Man's origin. And now the fact that they basically wiped away everything where he now has to start over and he has to be that Peter Parker that we see in the comic books. Right. The broke, to me, no tech. Just, yes. just him and a, and, and a his cloth and his suit. back and his awesome suit that he made himself. Right, that final right? suit. Did you catch that? Loved yes, it. that it, final suit. I it, yes. it was probably the most comic book suit I've ever seen. Exactly, and it was it was brilliant. And just knowing that he is now on his own, he doesn't have Stark technology. Right, uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have the man anything. in the chair. He doesn't have no. a girlfriend. He's in no, a, a he crappy. Has Run down Toby Maguire apartment, and uh, did you catch yes. that? And yes, he's just yeah. listening to a radio scanner, you know, looking for trouble out there so he can be the friendly neighborhood Spider Man that he is. And I think that this is where we start seeing Spider Man. And I'm hoping that this is where, even though it was kind of a throwaway with Charlie Cox being Daredevil, he was in there briefly for a few minutes. But oh. if they're going to bring in Kingpin. I want to see that Spider-Man. I want to see the Spider-Man that's dealing with the street thugs and dealing with the street. Uh, the, that is the more intimate, more uh, neighborhood Spider-Man that I want to see. And I hope that now that they've got Kingpin in place, they've got Daredevil in place, that we're really going to see shit just blow off in Hell's Kitchen and things are just going to go off the rails. And I'm hoping that Spider-Man is going to be that linchpin that's going to keep... Um, Queens safe and all of that good stuff. I this story to me was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I loved both of them, and now I have a confession to make, Brian. I wanted to save this for the show. Um, Andrew Garfield is now my number two Spider Man. Uh, what was he before? He was he was dead last. Oh, he, he came up. He came up in this movie to me because he was that heart. He was the soul to me. Please tell me film. why. Okay, so he was the heart. His acting, his acting was just on point. They gave him more. And the fact, the other part that I teared up on that I did not expect to tear up on was his redemption yes. with uh, MJ. Yes. So to me, um, that was that was. You saw everything you needed to see in his face in that moment. Yeah. And to me, that he didn't have to say a, a damn word. Just relief. I felt. Right. Yes. I felt <laughs> everything that he was going through. I felt, I felt it all. And to see somebody with that, just without saying a word, having that much of an emotional impact on me, that made me go, okay, you know, this guy, I gave him a lot of shit. But to me, he is the, he's, he's, he's number two. He's number two in my book. So anyway, 
I still love, you know, for, for me, it's Tom Holland, uh, um, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. But, you know, not to say that I don't like Andrew Garfield because I, I am with you, Tony. That was one of the, the, the scenes that made me tear up again, you know, in this movie, you know, it's, it's yeah. like it never stopped, but like you, every scene where all three of them were together, um, up until their final scene together, I mean, was just so movie magic for me. I loved yeah. every minute of it. And didn't you feel like a kid at I one point? Did. I, I mean, was I, like, I, like I felt like I was. I went back twenty years. Like this and was, was what I like, wanted and needed, yeah. and I was so happy that that I was seeing it on the big screen, and it was amazing. But you brought up uh, Daredevil in this movie, and that's what I wanted to talk about really quickly. I mean, he had one scene. Uh, where he is going to represent Tom Holland in court, should this thing go to court. Um, and, you know, just the a few days before when Hawkeye dropped, we saw the appearance of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. So we knew that Daredevil, played by Charlie Cox, was going to be somewhere in the MCU soon. And yet we see him um, in this uh, Spider-Man film, which was highly rumored but never confirmed. Um, and... You know, I was just so excited to see him because Matt Murdock as as the uh, the blind lawyer from Hell Hell's Kitchen, um, he is the lawyer for this for superheroes, right? And he, in fact, is a superhero himself. I mean, you have Jessica Drew as She Hulk, and you have Matt Murdock. These two um, are the uh, are are the lawyers. Um, but then the scene, I just love it. You know, somebody throws a brick through the window. Um, that that they happen to be in, and from yeah. behind his back, he t- turns his arm and catches that brick before Spider Man could even react. And Peter Parker, Tom Holland, is just like, "Whoa, how did you do that?" You know, just like, you know, just in total shock. And uh, you know, of course, he doesn't answer it, but we all know how he could have done that. I mean, it was just such a great moment. It was so quick, but. It was one of my favorite scenes of the movie, just knowing of the implications behind it. So it was so great. Yeah. So I, overall, I, it was a success. Uh, the only issue, I think the only quibble I, I have with it was I think there was, I think it, it sagged a bit in the middle when they had too many villains. I, I felt like this movie could have moved forward and its pace would have been a lot better if Sandman were gone. Because Sandman, I really didn't see any... I really didn't see any issue why he needed to be here other than just to be here. I didn't really see any kind of connection to anything else. And his character was just kind of like he stuck up for him. Then he was not. And then it it just, that was my main issue. I love seeing Thomas Hayden church uh, reprise his role. But again, that character we could have totally done without. And I think the pacing would have been a little bit more um, uh, tightened up if he were not in it, but that's the only quibble that I have. Um, and, uh, but other than that, it, it was a great film. And those two, uh, post credit scenes, which we'll talk about before I, I want to, I want to talk about that, but I want to first Wayne and Oren, what did you guys think? Did you guys like it? Did you not? I mean, what were your thoughts just real quick? No, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, um, I thought it was great. And, uh, yeah. It was great. It was great. I laughed. I cried. Died a little inside. It was all good. <laughs> and Wayne, what did you think? Uh, I would say it's my second favorite MCU film of the year. Of the year? Behind Eternals. 
<laughs> behind Eternals? Are you kidding me? Behind Eternals? <laughs> no, it was, oh, it was fantastic. Anyway, you're, you're too funny. Uh, I right. enjoyed it. Uh, and honestly, I, I kind of liked what they did with the villains, though, because I it feels like they gave them the too. arc as well. So right. yeah. just yeah. like with and the, Green Goblin being the baddie all the way to the end, I, that was absolutely awesome. Am I the only you know, how, one too who hopes to see Doc Ock again in another project? Yeah, I, I really want to see. I, I actually want to see the Green Goblin too. Yeah. I want to see all of them again. You know, it was just so good. I mean, it was just. And now that we're talking about this, and we talked about Hawkeye, I'm seeing parallels, right? right. Real quick of of these two um, now. You know. Kate Bishop is now becoming Hawkeye, right? Does she eventually become Hawkeye? Is that how that works? I don't so know. So she is part of the I, Young Avengers team, and she okay. is like the leader of the Young Avengers team. Well, I think we have a new leader of the Avengers team, and that's going to be hopefully Spider-Man, but we'll see how that we'll whole see. thing Nobody plays knows out. Who but what is. do you – my question of I, – I have a question to you guys real quick. Oh, sorry, Brian. No, you, we might have the same question. Go ahead with yours. Is Venom in the MCU Oh. Now? That is all I want to know. Yes, he is. I say yes. Yes. Okay. But, Everybody says yes. But, but here's here's yep. what I like. This is this is where I'm so impressed with how you know. Just so you guys know, this was part of a cutscene, and you know, um, uh, uh, Harding, um, who plays Venom, is uh, Tom Hardy is uh, is sitting at a bar somewhere talking to Danny Rojas from uh, from Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, and Basically, uh, the bartender is explaining to him who the Avengers are and, and what happened with Thanos and everything. And you hear Venom talking to Tom Hart, uh, yeah, Tom Harding, um, you know, in his inner monologue. And Doctor Strange sends everybody who's not part of this universe back to their own universe, but there's a little piece of Venom. Um, left the over symbiote. the symbiote, yep. left over on the counter, and they already know that they want to go see. They want to go to New York to find the Spider-Man guy. So you know somehow that this little piece of black tar, this little piece of black slime, yep. is going to find his way somehow to New York to find Peter Parker. And so yes, Venom is okay. part of the MCU. All right, okay, that's the and and I lastly. The Doctor Strange shit at the end of this credit scene. Oh my god, Which that blew me away more a than anything. Basically, trailer for his new movie, right? Yeah. yeah, but no. Did you catch the very end of it, yes. though, Brian? The, the, yeah. the box yes. from what from if? From what if? Yes. From what if? Yeah. That Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange. My God, I can't wait. Right. You know, so I'm back on. I, I have to say, I'm back on the hobby horse. I'm back. On Fucking a. Wait, that was a wrong term. Hobby horse. That was a wrong term. <laughs> I'm back on the. Back I'm the back horse. on the bandwagon. Yes. Oh, sorry about that. Man, you this you go. You're off and you know on again, off and again. I know. I hate right. Star how, Wars. How long did it take Wars. to get back on the on the bandwagon? How long did it take? I told him I don't he know. needs the, one good I movie, guess. and he's right fucking back with the, the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, there you are. Uh, you were right, I Brian. have a quick question for everybody before we wrap the yeah. segment up, because I'm seeing a lot of chatter on online. On They're calling this um, Spider-Man No Way Home the best MCU film. Where does it rank in everybody's thing? And I'll start it off. To me, this is probably number two. Endgame for me is still the creme de la creme. It's still the number one for me. But this, Spider-Man No Way Home, is a very close second. 
Tony, what do you think? And then we'll go to Oren and Wayne. Um, I'm still going to say it, it's going to be somewhere in my maybe four or five. Number four or five really? for me, MCU. All yeah. right. Yeah. I, st- I still love to death um, uh, Thor, Ragnarok. Uh, that's still my favorite. I still love the Guardian films. Uh, and this is just, to me, um, uh, around four or five. Okay. So it's All up right. there. All right. But it's not. It's in like your top five. One. It's in your top five. Yep. Yep. I'd probably have to agree with you, Brian. Endgame, and then this, and then the other Spider Men. Man. Yeah. Men's, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> um, yeah, it's up there. And Wayne, where does it land for you? It's. I think I'm very similar to you, Tony. It's probably in my top five. Um, I think still for me, it's bouncing out films that are great on their own versus films you have to be invested in to watch. Like Endgame and this one. Yep. How many films do you have to watch to be able to get the proper payoff for this? Because basically, this is like a mini end game. Oh, yeah. You right? needed homework for this one. Mm. Yeah, there's so many <laughs> films. But like for me, like yeah. Thor, Ragnarok could be on its own standalone. Me. Guardians could be a standalone. So as a film, I probably enjoyed those more. But I appreciate what this brought in and how it brought all these other films together. So, yeah, top five. I'm yeah. sorry. I got, I got another follow-up question. So for me... Um, I did not see this opening night. I was not one of those who saw it at the midnight showing. Um, I, you know, to me, it's been out now for two days. I did see it opening weekend, but I needed to avoid spoilers. I did not want anybody spoiling this. Oh my God. That was the hardest, right? Oh my God. That was the hardest thing in the world. I try to avoid social media as much as possible. And I turned off notifications. There were even. I turned off notifications on my phone so things just wouldn't pop up. But let me tell you, it was kind of refreshing not having so much dependency on my phone and not having my phone. Sometimes I checked my phone just because, like, I haven't felt it buzz in a while just to make sure that it was still on. And I remembered, oh, I turned off notifications, and it freed up a lot of my time. I kind of I kind of found it refreshing a little bit. Did you guys do anything weird to... Uh, to uh, to avoid spoilers, I tried to st- I tried to stay off of it. There were a couple of times I had some close calls where I saw Spider Man like uh like like headline, yes. and then I didn't read the rest of it. I just scrolled right past it because I didn't want to take any chances. That has happened to me in the past where I just happened to go through, and this was showing up in my newsfeed. Mind you, this isn't even like stories or like websites where you go to find out spoilers or even like Twitter. It was in my newsfeed. I even and tried. I, was st- I stayed off of that. I, do, I did nothing. I was like, that's why I needed, my daughter wanted to see it this weekend with me, and I, I, I had to do it because I had the show and on top of that, I didn't want fucking anything spoiled for me. Right. I didn't want anything spoiled. So I needed to go there ASAP and I tried to stay off of social media, my news sites, everything right. in order to avoid any spoilers. Orin and Wayne, did you guys have to do anything or did you guys, you know, didn't care? <laughs> no, for this, I stayed off, uh, you know, looking for... Looking for anything, really. I mean, I knew the Hawkeye stuff was going on, so I was going to just dig deeper into that so I would understand it more. But I knew if I did that, I would see something on this. And um, I was actually going to see it with my son on Thursday night, but it was too late, so I didn't do it because I had to work the next day. And I sort of wish I did because then I wouldn't have had to stay off the Internet to, you know, (laughs) find out more stuff. But, yeah, it's fairly easy, though. 
just, just yeah i just kept myself unplugged for a bit no but wayne i think you you went there like the first thing friday morning right? oh absolutely first showing friday morning i got there we got <laughs> the earliest show we could so we that way we didn't have to wait friday morning yeah Oh, my gosh. All right. So what were your thoughts? Why don't you let us know? Send us an email, info at the knowledge of nothing or, uh, dot com, or you can DM us on Instagram and or Facebook, Twitter, at the conman one So this wraps up our review of Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home. Brian, I want you to introduce our next beautiful poem. This poem was written by Brian, and I want him to introduce... Um, our gift to all of you, our converts. Brian, go ahead. Well, our gift to you is, yes, uh, we, uh, well, I wrote a poem, but, um, uh, but our gift to you is that it is going to be recited by the lovely Dana, who uh, has such a better voice than all four of us combined. And, you know, that is just the gift that keeps on giving. Thank goodness she agreed to uh, to read it for us, and she did a phenomenal job. You know, so please enjoy. How the Conmen Saved Christmas T'was the night before Christmas, and Santa's getting pissed. No! He's tired of the same old Christmas music. He needs a new playlist. He updates his phone with GPS and the forecast when he stumbles upon a hot new show, The Knowledge of Nothing Podcast. The con. The content is fresh and exciting to hear. He'll have to admit, this could be the gift of the year. When out from the sleigh there rose such a laughter. <laughs> These guys are hilarious amongst all their banter. Away as he flew, he was gone in a flash while downloading their entire library. It was quite the stash. Approaching the first house, Santa noticed a miss. He'd left the North Pole and forgot the naughty list. As he panicked and sat in his sleigh with despair, a funny new segment came over the air. Tony was ranting, which Santa agreed. The list was there all along, in FTGs. <laughs> As he set each gift under the tree with care, he noticed a lovely smell that filled the air. He searched for the scent when his eyes noticed the mantle, where lit upon it was a soy cat candle. From house to house, from city to city, time was flying by as Santa played Pop Quickies. The night was a success, and Santa will never be the same. All thanks to your con men, Brian, Tony, Oren, and Wayne. I really hope you enjoyed that poem. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for that great, beautiful poem. And thank you to Dana for uh, reciting it for us. And that is going to lead us into our next segment. And this is just something that kind of is more personal to me. And I wanted to get everybody's kind of take on it. Um, and just for fun, too. I wanted to see if you were to have some kind of, if you were gifted $1,000 to spend on a dinner for Christmas for your family, how would you spend that? 
And the reason I'm asking these guys is that uh, I have found myself in a similar situation. And Brian was so kind as to give me a recommendation on a bottle of wine that was somewhere in the neighborhood of like, what, $500? Yeah, it is not a cheap bottle of wine. <laughs> a, 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 a wine that I personally have never had just because I have not had that kind of money to spend on wine. Yes. And so just kind of keeping in that theme, we want I wanted to know if you had a thousand dollars, what would you do? How many people would you serve? And what would that dinner entail? So um Brian, you've had some time to think about it. I see you pondering in thought right now. What would you do? Who would be at your dinner if you had a thousand dollars and you could spend that and um and what would it be? What would that meal consist of? You know, I'll make this pretty quick because I'm kind of a simple guy. But, of course, there would be just plenty and plenty of wine. Not the bottle that I recommended to you, Tony, because I'm going <laughs> to spend the money on on other things. But I love prime rib um, uh, yes. for Christmas. I love prime rib with a, with a hot, spicy horseradish. Um, I also like um, uh, uh, it's an Italian uh, pasta dish called pasta shuta made with um, – with, uh, um, Mushrooms and, and pasta. It's really good with the prime rib. Also, of course, um, there would just be plenty of wine. But most importantly, and this is the, uh, you know, this this is the must. It's my family. I just want my family there. Of course, my immediate family, and then um, my aunts. So, how many and uncles, people would that be? Probably between ten and fifteen. Um, oh wow, that many and, people. Yeah, we're Catholic and Italian and <laughs> Irish, and, uh, so okay. so so there's a lot of people. But that money would go to one, just making sure that everybody had a good time with the yeah. wine flowing heavily. But I didn't want anybody to worry about having to drive home because we will be impaired, and uh, we're that oh. is um, spending the money on on local hotel rooms for them. Or just, you know, uh, making them comfortable at my home. That's what I want. I want everybody to let their hair down and, uh, and, and just have a good time and not worry about needing to be safe, you know, because they are safe. You know, they, they've got the, the, either the local hotel room or they're going to crash at my place. But, you know, this is a night to enjoy with each other and, and not worry about anything else. Oh, that's great. I would spend mine on seven people. That would just be me, Sarah, um, our daughters, their spouses, and our adopted boy, um, Justin, who lives in New York. And uh, that dinner for me, I'm still trying to figure out what I I would do. Again, we've got a prime rib roast, so I think we're going to do that. Um, But I don't know what I can do to take it to the next level. I was thinking... And what do you guys think of maybe getting some like lobster tails and kind of doing a lot like a surf and turf? I'm always a fan of lobster. I think that's great. Right? <laughs> right? And then maybe getting like a nice bottle of wine. But the problem with that is, Brian, I mean, how many a whole bottle is only what, five glasses? So I guess yeah, we'd have to you cut know, that. um, you know, if I'm if I'm there, then it's probably like three glasses. But uh but on on average, <laughs> if you're pouring it correctly, it's about five. <laughs> 
I've seen you, dude. I've seen you straight up taking it straight from the bottle. Sure, I've seen you sure. <laughs> glass. Who needs a glass? Why? Why do the dishes? <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna drink it straight from the. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. And I, I don't know. I, and I would think that I want them to do something. Um, I would. I also would want them to let me know what they think would go. So we would we would do the uh, prime rib and the the lobster tail. And then I would have them pick something that they want, their own thing, is whether it's potatoes or Brussels sprouts, and give them whatever they want for that $1,000. And, um, you know, I don't know. To me, it, that seems like a very festive thing. Everybody gets what they want. They're spoiled a little bit from me. And it just would make the holiday season uh, a lot nicer. I'm going to have that opportunity up here this, this Christmas. Thank goodness uh, all my family is going to be here we're all going to celebrate Christmas in Iowa for the first time ever since this COVID nastiness has uh, uh, struck us. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And that's why I wanted to kind of know what you guys would spend your money on. So that gives me some ideas. Wayne, what do you, do you have any ideas? I, I, I'm already, I'm already, I'm already, uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna do something funny, but I just want to hear what it is. What were you gonna say? Hot pockets and a and a bottle yeah. and a, a box wine and a pocket the rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, that seems more like what Wayne would do. Is that how you would spend the money? What no, would you do with a thousand dollars? Okay. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and the more I thought about it. I would, it's going to be very small. I mean, there'd probably be somebody like, you know, because like this Christmas we're spending it with my, you know, my wife, his, her mom, yeah. and maybe one other two, maybe one other person. So maybe a party of four, maybe five at the most. Wow. So that, so what could I make it, what could I do with that $1,000? Um, so one, there's a bottle of scotch called Octomore, which is fantastic. Uh, first time Dana and I had it was in Breckenridge in okay. Colorado. It's just the PD smoky, fantastic. It just was beautiful. But I don't want anybody to have to cook. I don't want to have to anybody to do dishes. So if I could find a way to hire a, like a sushi chef to come over and make oh. us whatever we want, that's what I would do. Oh, oh that's a great call. That is a great call. Yeah. That is a great call. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. I think I might... I, I, I don't know if I can find anything in Iowa City <laughs> for sushi, but I guess I could try. <laughs> Oren's got this cringe look on his face. Like, don't even go there. Uh, but who knows? Oh, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> that would be a brilliant idea. What about you, Oren? I mean, what would your $1,000 look like, and uh, who would be there? <laughs> um, everyone I know and love. Uh my mom just recently moved back from Montana, and they had a hell of a time getting their stuff. The move, they moved down here, okay, but so it would just have to be something really special for her and the rest of my family. So, so like maybe uh, something to go to to uh, like Morton's or or Ruth Chris Steakhouse or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just something you know where the whole family can go, and yeah, just spend the money have. Uh, Big gathering and um, really that's it. I'm sort of boring, but I mean, no, hey, if that's what if that's what's important to you, then that's all that matters. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to kind of ask you guys what you would do if you had that kind of money and had that kind of circumstance uh, thrust upon you. What would you do with it, and how would you celebrate with those those ones that you love? And uh, I, I have a couple of good ideas now. 
And uh, thank you guys so much for the ideas. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, this is going to be the best Christmas ever. And speaking of best Christmas ever, we have got a special song that we have done in one take, one take for you guys. And guess what? It's coming up right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, converts. Is the season where we question our sanity and the very concept of the passage of time. So why not go ahead and treat yourself and your loved ones to the delightful gift of Soy Cat Candles. The Soy Cat Holiday Collection has finally arrived. And as always, a portion of all of our sales goes to helping our furry friends find forever homes. Visit us at SoyCatCandles.com and have a 100% possum Day season. On the twelfth edit of Con, Miss the Conman gave to me. Wayne cues the music. Brian loses a pole. Or checks the weather. Wayne's late night editing. Brian slurs his words. Tony's learning patience. Horn's still on mute. Five more pop quickies. Wayne needs five more minutes. Orin needs a mic check. Brian's bad with names. And Tony is never ready. God, I really hope you enjoyed that song. We did it in one cut. I, I don't know if you could tell or not, but uh, Wayne is a master at editing. And oh, they can tell. I'm sure. <laughs> it should be cut. Anyway, they can totally tell. Yeah, it should be cut. We, we really should have rehearsed it more. <laughs> we really should have. Uh, but we didn't, and so here we are. Um, we wanted to get real quick to our poll results uh, this past week. We asked you on our Instagram poll this week uh, whether or not you would rather butter someone up or would you rather give them the cold shoulder Uh, this is the first time I ever had somebody reach out to me in a DM and say I don't get this question (laughs) so I said neither do I (laughs) so we went ahead and did it anyway and uh, with Brian before we get get to the poll results what would you rather do butter someone up or would you rather give them the cold shoulder um personally probably give them the cold shoulder <laughs> oh wow okay all right yeah. i would rather butter butter them up and uh i guess i was uh in the majority because with 75 percent of the vote those folks would rather butter somebody up than to well, give them the cold shoulder that's great <laughs> that just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I know, right? But anyway, and like I said, you can always follow us, and we have our polls up there every Saturday on our Instagram account. Please follow us at the Knowledge of Nothing. And without further ado, we are now going to get into a Christmas edition of some Pop Minis. And now it's time for. Pop Minis. <laughs> Boy, Santa seems like he's really, really enjoying that. Yes, he does. <laughs> Hopefully everybody else will, too. Even Santa likes a little spank. That's right. Ooh. 
yes. Getting All right, Wayne, sandwich. what do you got for us this week, my friend? Man, it's been a while since we've done this segment. Uh, Jeez. How, do I, how do I follow that? I can't follow that. <laughs> All right. I got some holiday edition pop minis for you guys. And actually, I'm going to ask you some inv- questions that I asked last year, but the opposite. So I'm curious to get, get your responses on this. We talked about what was the best Christmas gift you ever got as a child. Do you guys have a worst one? Yes, I do. I have a worst one, and um, I'm not going to say who gave it to me, but it was a family member. Um, yes, it was a family member. And it was a hanger. I got a, a hanger, hanger for Christmas. It was a hanger? <laughs> It was one of those hangers where you just hang and then you could put your pants on there and put like five pants on one hanger. (laughs) It was the most ridiculous, stupid Christmas gift I have ever gotten in my entire life. And uh, if you would know the person that gave it to me, you would uh, totally understand that. Uh, Just no thought whatsoever into the Christmas gift. It was just like, hey, here's a hanger. Oh, that makes a good Christmas gift. Here, let's give it to somebody else. Let's give it to Tony. And I ended up with a hanger, of all things. Oh, man, now I'm going to have to return her <laughs> gift. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I, this has happened to me a couple times where I've been gifted something that is just really, really uh, either too small or way too big, you know, not the size that I am. And the person buying it, knows that I'm not that size, but like the pattern of whatever, like it, whether it be a shirt or some pants or something like that. And that I would like the pattern, but, and then eventually I could return it to find the size that I'm actually in for the same item when really I just return it and get a gift card or something. (laughs) But those, those uh, gifts, you know, were, it's thoughtful, but you know, it creates they a lot of They clearly weren't thinking it all the way through. Right. You know, it kind of makes it work for me because I have to go to the store and return it and get a gift card or, you know, so I'm, I'm were not. They, were they thinking that they were dealing with 20-year-old Brian as opposed to 40-something Brian? Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> like, one, I, I'm always grateful to get a gift. Thank you for thinking of me. And, I, I you know, that, that of course. Uh, is, I used to be nice. until I got a fucking hanger. <laughs> but but man this is like uh you know like i you know like i'm not a small guy but i'm not like a like a you know like a quadruple x guy either and just because you like a pattern you know like thanks <laughs> all right next question what do you guys what would you choose to spike your eggnog with what do you think is the best thing to spike your eggnog with a flamethrower <laughs> I fucking hate eggnog. Yeah, I wouldn't even I drink c- that shit. I, I don't Gosh. like it. I don't like it. How whatsoever. do you make eggnog better? The, you know, so all right. So this is how I'm trying to tackle. Because I'm with you, Tony. I hate eggnog. I'm yeah, not going right? to touch it's it. The worst. I'm not yes. going to touch it. So how would I make eggnog better? Um, make it a whiskey sour with no. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, Subtract the egg, subtract the nog, and then just make yourself a cocktail with just whiskey. And there you go. There, that's how you make an eggnog better. You just you strip the egg and the nog, and just start from scratch. You know, I'd probably have to pour it into like an Irish creamer. You know, um, 
like a you know like for like a like a, a coffee a spiked coffee at the end of the night, um, and you know some Jameson in in that coffee and, and you know a little bit of eggnog for the cream and then just the rest of some Irish cream. Actually, that's not a bad idea, Brian. I have to try that. So next question for holiday foods or Christmas time foods, which one is more holiday to you? A honey roasted ham or a prime rib roast? Mm. For me, it's prime rib. Um, I, I don't eat it that often, but you know, um, we do enjoy it for the holidays and it's not something that I, that I eat traditionally any other time of the year where ham, you know, we can, you know, you know, probably on average, we, we probably roast a ham, um, two or three times a year, you know, maybe for Easter, um, once over the summer, and then you can just slice it up and make sandwiches out of, um, you know, um, afterwards, but for the holiday season, for Christmas season, um, it's the prime rib. I, you know, there's, there's really no other time where my family, especially me, um, enjoys it any other time of the year. I have to also go with a prime rib roast because, again, I, I have a way of coating it. I have a way of smoking it. Uh, last year, I smoked a uh, rib roast, and I'm going to do the same thing this year. And there is nothing better than cutting into that bad boy and having it with some nice, spicy horseradish, right? And Absolutely. Some oh, my God, it's the best. Right? It's the you best want ever. the horseradish to open up those sinuses, too. Yes, That's when you yes, know it's so perfect. you just, like... Enjoy oh, man, it right? all. Right? You take in the whole At the brink experience. Of eye watering, you know, <laughs> but uh, that is exactly it. You're so right, Tony. When it comes to classic Christmas songs, which one is the best to you? Classic Christmas songs. Yeah, a traditional um, Christmas song. I like Care of the Bells. Um, but, um, Gosh, that's not really one you can sing along to. <laughs> you know? Well, it doesn't have to um, sing along, but is that your favorite, though? That is my favorite, yeah. Why is, yeah. It, why is yeah. it your favorite? I, I just like it. You know, I just, um, I think it's a it's a pretty song. I, you know, um, I like the the orchestra version of it and, you know, the, the, the lyrics to it. I mean, like, it's done several different ways. I can't think of a way that I really don't like it. And, uh where some people um, take liberties with a lot of other Christmas songs, you know, and um, sometimes I just don't like the the vision that they had for it. You know, I, I'm kind of more of a traditionalist, you know, but then, um, yeah, yeah, so um, I like that one. That one's probably my favorite. Um, I'm a sucker for Silent Night. Always have been, always will be. I, I, there's something just very calming about that song. The message is clear. It it's Christmas uh, unapologetically, and it's just a beautiful song, beautiful melody, and it reminds me. It, the second you hear it, you're already in Christmas. It could be in July, it could be August, it could be whenever you hear though that silent night, and you already know Christmas, Brian. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, um, just one popped into mind. This is going to be have to be like a very, very close second, and that is the twelve edits of Commas. So that <laughs> is. Are you sure about by that? Far an instant classic. Classic. You know, you know, oh, I is, for, how can I forget about that? So well written oh, yes. and so well recorded and edited, and and it is just like 
That is the song that I think you can like play. Angels. Like, it's like, like angels right. just come out of heaven, that is right? The song the that angels you can play come all out of year heaven. round. Now, granted, it's traditionally for Christmas, for Christmas, but you can play it over and over again. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> Better make extra copies. <laughs> uh, next question: Are you guys fans of blowups? <laughs> Yard decorations. Oh, what? Oh, oh, oh. I see where you're going with this, Wayne. All right. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I love Christmas decorations. And I, you know, I have a very love-hate relationship with Christmas decorations. I love the, you know, over-the-top, overboard, you know, the more lights, the better. Um, traditionally, no, I don't like the blow up, you know, the the waving Santa or the 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 snowman or something like that because it takes up space. Um, but you know, like I'm not going to fault anybody for doing it. But here's where my hate part comes in. After Christmas, you better take those decorations down because you know there comes a time where you know that is kind of like one of my pet peeves is people who leave their Christmas decorations up all year long and i can't stand it i love seeing christmas decorations during christmas time but after the season has passed it's time to take those down and stop being lazy stop lowering your your um the 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 you know you know stop lowering the worth of your property because you're in a neighborhood that never takes down their their christmas decorations you know and just take them down be be a good neighbor tony what was the question? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so Are you sorry. a fan of again? the uh, blow up yard decorations? Oh no, I am not. I'm not. Uh, you, but you, you, you did inspire me. I started going down this rabbit hole of. Uh, I was writing my my last line for the show. You know, my little bumper that I usually do. Um, but uh, no, I hate those blow up dolls. I think that they're <laughs> cheap looking. I think that they just add nothing. I want to just see lights, and I just want to see Christmas trees, and I want to see something that somebody put some kind of effort into, not just take a fucking uh, extension cord and plug it into this big uh, the fan out in the middle of the yard and then have many of them strewn about and then just turning them on. It, it, it lacks originality. It, it lacks imagination. It, ala- it lacks hard work, all of things um, I don't have. <laughs> and uh, I would totally use those <laughs> if I were to go to them, but I just, I despise them. They're, they're ugly. They're, 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 they're ugly. Yes. Okay. Anyway, sorry. You, you know, I'm sorry, you know, just, just to add on to this, you know, I've, you know, often, you know, imagined I lived in a, uh, in a community that, you know, like, one of those communities that, that every house decorates over the top. You have to close roads because people drive through your um, the, the area. And as, as much of a pain in the ass as that might be, you know, because of, uh, you know, of, of the road closures, I would love to be in a, in a community like that. And I could totally see myself 
just decorating my house with lights and going over the top and competing with the neighbors on who has the better house and stuff. And I love that kind of stuff. And of course, I'm a very competitive person. So, you know, this would be something that I would plan out all year round. I would look for special deals. It would be some kind of themed. It would have, it would be choreographed to music and it would be all kinds of over the top awesomeness. And, you know, um, so if I ever bought a house and I mean, I would seriously look for a community like that, that, you know, um, kind of comes together and does something like that. Oh, that's fair enough. And then we'd all take it down on the same day. So it doesn't drive (laughs) me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Last two questions. Okay. Last two questions. Yay or nay? Mall Santas. I mean, the yay, if you're young, I mean, if you want like that, that crying picture of that, that, that infant, everybody needs that, right? They need to scare the hell out of that kid and, Put them on some stranger's lap who smelled. Yeah, who but looks are like malls sick. even a thing anymore? They are. I think. I think that was a time. There was a time and a place, but now with with COVID and all this other stuff, I'm gonna have to go nay. I, you know, as much as I, there was a thing that I used to love when I was a kid. There was a uh, a sleigh or a a truck ride you would go on with Santa, and you would go on a double decker bus, and Santa would be. Uh, on the bottom, you didn't see him as you got up there. But during your little trip, Santa would come out and ho, 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 and he would spend time with you, and he would give you uh, candy canes and all that good stuff. That was kind of a cool experience. The mall, meh, nah. I mean, it's yeah, it's great for the pictures, like Brian said, but I don't know. It's just it feels kind of cheap and just kind of uh, lazy. I'm kind of a traditionalist. I, I'm for it. That and the Easter Bunny Mall. <laughs> the the, mall the Easter, Easter Bunny, bunnies. really? Yeah, I sure. Never, I never he, understood the the Easter Bunny. Never looked real though. No, it he didn't. always looked like a it, guy it in a fucking it, rabbit costume. They right? are awful. It no, never, yeah, I don't blame the kid for screaming their head off. But but <laughs> yes, that, and they always had these weird big totally. eyes and oh my god, they but, were scary. But you Run need those away. pictures. You absolutely need those pictures. It's part of growing. Yes, up. you do. That's true. <laughs> All right. Okay, last question. And this is not really holiday-related, but it's related to a topic that we talked about earlier. I want you guys to rank your Disney Plus MCU shows. So we have WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, and Hawkeye. Give me your top, bottom to the top. All right, I got it. Bottom to the top. Um, Bottom would be what if for me. Uh, Are you kidding me? Nope. Just there were so few and far between. Some of them were so good, and I'm talking about the uh, T'Challa as a Star Lord um, and the Doctor Strange one. I love those ones, but there were so many. They were filtered in with so many bad ones that I just I stopped. I it stopped having interest in that show. So it was it was it's what if for me, and then it's uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is probably my second least favorite, followed by. Um, Hawkeye, WandaVision, and my favorite is still Loki. Oh, wow. Okay. It's impressive. Um, mine is uh, from worst Falcon and Winter Soldier. Didn't really care for. Uh, next up would be Hawkeye. Not really caring for that right now. My third would then be What If. Uh, <clears throat> but I think Brian is on to something there. There were a couple of those episodes that were just not. Shouldn't even have been included, but the overall, what they did for Natasha 
And um, also the Tatala was probably the, the single best thing I think I've seen all year. Uh, so I, I can't take that away from, from what if. Then it goes Loki. Loki was great up until it wasn't to me uh, towards the end. And number one would have to be WandaVision. I thought WandaVision was just great. It, it fed into all of these mysteries. It, it gave me what I needed. It introduced new characters. It was very exciting at the time. It was the first like kind of Marvel thing on Disney Plus. And uh, I don't know. I just I love that show. I, I am love, with uh, you, Tony. WandaVision yeah. and Loki, for me, are, are an easy 1A and 1B. I mean, the, yeah. and they flip-flop depending on my mood. I mean, but yeah. they are so good. I mean, I'm just so impressed with both of those series. Yeah, me too. Awesome, guys. Well, with that, you have finished this round of Pop Mini. So, Tony, I leave it to you. Oh, great. Hey, hey, all right. Well, thank you. This has been our spectacular Christmas spectacular. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to be doing this every single year, right, Brian? Is that what you just, all right. Yes, we are. I am excited about that. I love the holiday season and I love sharing it with all of you. Yes, he does. And because of him, he wrote the songs, he wrote the poems. He's just Stop giving he me is so on top of that. it, dude. You are awesome, dude. You take the credit, Brian. You take it, all right? So thank you, Brian, for everything that you've done to make this this episode special. Wayne, I want to thank you too, sir, with all the editing that you're going to have to do to put that song together. <laughs> yes. It's just, I, I'm not even, oh my God, I can't even uh, imagine. Uh, and uh, before we get going, Oren, where can people find us? Where can they communicate? Communicate with us on the internets. On the internets, people can communicate with us at Facebook, the Knowledge of Nothing, Instagram at the Knowledge of Nothing, Twitter is at the Conmen One, and um, if you want to contact us, you know, tell us Merry Christmas, give us some ideas we could throw around in our head. You could do that info at the Knowledge of Nothing dot com. Merry Christmas, everybody. Back to you, Tony. All right. Thank you. And Brian, uh, why don't you, you have anything to say before we get head out today? Of course I do. One, I want to thank you four, you four, I'm counting myself, you three, um, for continuing to make this so special for me. And I want to thank all of our listeners. It's because of you three and our listeners that this holiday season is special for me. I am so grateful to be a part of it. Thank you, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Be safe out there. And, you know, you are what make it special for me. Yeah, I I can't um, I can't say enough. I just want to thank these three gentlemen here that I've been on this podcast with. Thank you for making me better every single uh, week. And um, and I, this journey has just been so much fun. I, I can't do it without you guys. And then also our fans that are so vocal to us. They're small, but they are very vocal, and uh, I just love that. I love that we've community, we've created this this little community right now, and uh, I just I'm so thankful for everything that I have right now in my life, and it's all possible because of you, our listeners, and to these three gentlemen that I share the mic with. Thank you guys so much for making this year so wonderful. Um, Wayne, do you have anything before we get going? Nope. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's been a blast. Yeah. Merry Christmas and happy holidays indeed. And this has been the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. And just a reminder, don't forget to blow up your ho-ho-hos and whip your nog. This has been the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. We'll see you next time.
It wasn't. It wasn't classic. It wasn't a classic, but uh, it worked, right? You know, sometimes you just have to whip the nog, though. You know, I don't think I've ever forgotten to whip the nog. Yeah, yes. I know. Yeah, I think I do that on a daily basis. Don't on we? a cold and lonely went... night. <laughs> that's right. right. I think I'm doing it right now. As right. a matter of right. fact, tis the that's, season. That, that's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> blow up your hoes. I, I, I did. I couldn't think of anything else. I'm not that original, guys. Oh, but, uh, man. TMI. I guess it works always. Anyway. Oh, yeah, TMI. Way. Yeah, but mom, yeah, if you're still listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. <laughs>